Pull up a chair, make yourselves comfy, and let's talk guitars. Hi folks, this is Cams. How you all doing? Welcome to another episode of Acoustic Guitar I.O. I'm suffering from a bit of a head cold just now. I went to Poland last week for Steam Fest 3, which was a big festival for the, the Steam cryptocurrency. I'm part of that on the Steam blockchain. I'm posting there with at Acoustic Guitar as my username and also at Camuel. I'm part of D Daily, which is a group of content creators. And we went to Krakow in Poland to, to network and we had a fantastic time. Krakow is an amazing place, but I've come home with a head cold, so <laughs> there you go. Before I left for Poland, I had the great pleasure of going to see one of my all-time favourite guitar players and favourite musicians, Nick Harper. He played a house concert in the West End of Glasgow, and if any of you have been to house concerts, you'll know that there's no better setting to see your favourite musician than sitting in someone's living room. And that's exactly what happened. There were about 20 people in the audience, maybe 25, which is just the perfect number. And I sat down with Nick and interviewed him just before he played. He was very gracious and, and agreed to do that with me. And then he sat down after he'd played and we had another 20-minute chat or so. So I'm very thankful to Nick for that. I know he's, he said he was feeling a bit under the weather as well. He'd been touring a bit and he'd had a bit of a head cold as well. But uh, he sat down with me and we had a great chat. We talked guitars, we talked pickups, we talked career, and I think you'll enjoy the conversation. So, without any further ado, here's Nick. Oh, by the way, there is some background noise you'll have to put up with because the guests were arriving just as we were sitting down to record. So, you can still hear the content, the, the conversation's audible. So, I apologise for the background noise, but uh, it is what it is. That's rock and roll, folks. Enjoy. <laughs> Today with guitar player Nick Harper. Welcome to the show, Nick. Thanks, Cams. It's a great pleasure to see you once again. I've, I've crossed paths with you <laughs> many times over the years. This I think the first time would have been '93 in Edinburgh. Blimey. Okay. I think you did a. That a, I didn't know. You did a spot with, at a Roy Harper show. Okay. And you came out and played about. That was the first time I, I saw you. Yeah. Starting to earn that pocket money. Aye. Yeah. And I've been a fan ever since. So right, cool. Thank you for sitting down with me tonight. Ah, no problem. So you just showed me a new guitar. Yep, um, it's a PRS acoustic. It's nothing special about it. Well, lots special about it, but <laughs> it's a you know standard production model. Right. Um, but they offered me one, so I, I said yes, please. Thank you very much. I'll try it. And I found it. Um, it's a really slinky guitar, it's really n n fluid to play um, and it really like asks to be played, mm. um, whereas the, the Loudons are, they, more, they need to be tamed, Right. Uh, they're more wild beasts, which um, I love as well because, you know, when you're in in sync with one of those monsters, it's uh, it's this uh, stupendous and inspiring sound. Um, but 
this thing is a lot more manoeuvrable and, and user-friendly right. um, for gigging, I've found. Especially now I'm, you know, a bit rickety here and there. Um, and the Loudons are, are pretty expensive for me. So if one got trodden on, or, which is a possibility at my gigs, yeah. or, you know, something awful happened to would be a, a minor, actually a major tragedy. Yeah. Um, whereas the PRS I can replace pretty easily. So it, uh, for a gigging thing, it makes much more sense to me. I'll be candid with you that I, the sound of the Loudons is, I prefer it myself. I don't think, I wouldn't say it's better, I just prefer it. Um, but the, the PRS is a, is a good gigging machine mm. and uh, I like playing it. So, um, so it's a no-brainer for me really. I, uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons why it's, it's uh, good to take on the road. I think when it comes to recording in the studio, um, unless I'd need a higher strung guitar, which I think the PRS would do, um, well, the Loudon does low, low strung stuff better than the PRS, I think. Yeah. Um, so if I was doing high strung stuff, I'd maybe choose the PRS but for recording. Right. But um, yeah, the Loudons are at home in the, in the man shed for now. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I'd always taken the Loudon to be your kind of trademark sound. Yeah, I guess it is, you know. Yeah. Um, but I've never, even though I played a Loudon, and I still do, um, and for 20, 20, is it now? What date is it? Yeah, 20 <laughs> years. 20, maybe yeah. slightly more than 20 years. Um, music's an emotional, you're delivering an emotion. And you should be able to do that on a Bon Tempe, mm. you know, electric guitar not plugged in. For sure. You know, um, you should be able to convey a feeling on anything. Or maybe, you know, it's only, the, the guitar's only become a, um, a mass uh, medium, a way of uh, the masses uh, reproducing these emotions in the last you know, 70 years, really. Um, it's, you know, bef before that, the, you know, the 100,000 years before that, people were not using the guitar. Mm. And uh, um, so to get into the intricacies of it having to be a Loudon or a PRS is really a moot point, really. Yeah. I mean, Bert Jantz put put those tunes to those old folk songs in the early 60s that were a cappella songs. And within six months, you've got people saying, you know, that's not how Bert does it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And these songs have been around for 500 years without yeah. Bert, you know. So there's all kinds of prejudice when it comes to life. And, and you know, the sound of an acoustic guitar is one of those. Yeah. And yeah, people have their trademark sound. But I, I don't reckon people would have switched Jimi Hendrix off if he'd lived and played a Les Paul. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's not that important. It's what works for you. Bert himself played a, um, a, a Yamaha. Yeah. You know, not, a, not a highly respected 
or expensive instrument. In fact, he borrowed guitars when he first started. Exactly, and, and so it's not really... Obviously, you get used to a guitar, like the Loudons, for me, and it feels like home and it's comfortable. You know the sound. It, it feel, so the initial, like, edgy um, chatting up of the instrument, you know, in the bar, it's gone. That was years ago. And it, and it's a marriage then, and it's yeah. you know you make compromises for each other, and it works. Um, but the um, you know then then you got the frisson of a new relationship, which also oh. brings up you know and having yeah. an affair. I'm having an affair with yeah. this PRS. It might not last. But it's I'm I'm doing things I don't do on the Loudon, <coughs> just it, because it's leading me into yeah, doing other things, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. And that's uh, that's seductive, you know. Um, and I'm about to do a tour. The reason I'm talking about Bert, the genius that he was, is um, that I'm about to do a tour next year. Or uh, the flat we lived in in London, me, mum, and dad in the mid to late sixties, was a kind of a mecca for um, musicians who play at Les Cousins in Soho. Yes. And they'd all come round and you know swap stories and play songs and learn stuff from each other. So uh, my plan is to recreate that flat um, on stage next year and. Um, Learn a couple of tunes from each of those legends, and there's and Gordon Giltrap going to be there. Oh uh, no, he he didn't. He never came round. No, came so, uh, but the, a lot of the other guys are, are there and girls. Um, so now these people didn't spend three, four grand on an acoustic guitar before they went out gigging. Yeah. They used whatever that was there. Like you said, Bert used to borrow. Um, guitars. So I've actually uh, got in touch with Tanglewood and I've got the cheapest guitar I could find um, and I'm gonna play play these songs on on, on one of those uh, Crossroads um, guitars like a blues American blues folk guitar really folk blues guitar and uh, it sounds great I really love the sound of it um, I'm going to explore the history and the explosion of the guitar, how the guitar became the centre of the universe yeah. in, in the 60s, really, from, the, from Skiffle. Uh, I mean, obviously, from the blues guys, the black guys in America in the, from the turn of the century, um, and then Woody Guthrie taking it across the land, uh, is where it started to be a mass instrument. Um, but it wasn't until after the Second World War that it really became the focus of every travelling uh, musician, you know, that they'd carry this little orchestra around with them. Yeah. Um, so it's not like it, it was always there. That's what I thought. There was always a guitar, but there wasn't. There was the Spanish thing. And then Gibson and others made these precision instruments in factories that, that, that were reliable and cheap, you know that a lot of people could play. Um, but even like the Ewan McCall and the left wing folky guys yeah. in the in the mid fifties, part of the uh, and the early sixties were part of the older you know, the older master marches and the you know the the, the um the, and they had a magazine called Sing 
um, which actually one of the um, issues I, I had uh, instructions on how to build your own guitar. So, and this we're talking like late 50s, early 60s. So, it's quite a new thing, the guitar, you know, it, and it just makes you think how how it is all connected and, and the touchstones are very close together actually. It's not a giant leap. It sounds like it from Lonnie Donegan to Jimi Hendrix is ten year you know, not even ten years. Right. Right. Which seems like a you know, universe away from each other. But they were just gentle steps of the way, you know. Um, and the guitar and uh, but these guys didn't they it wasn't an elite. It wasn't a clique. It was a proper scene that, and they all knew each other, and they all learned from each other. But they all played instruments that were, you know, ten bob or whatever. Oh. I don't know how much they were. So I wanted, I wanted, I want to go out there with a ten bob guitar, um, which actually is a great little guitar, and and just say, you know, everyone could and should do this, because to have music in your life is is really great therapy. Oh, yeah. uh, it can be cathartic you know and and uh, really heighten how you live your life you know um, so there's lots of different things going up to make this show but I'm, I'm uh, of course now they're easy to talk about but learning Angie and playing it properly are two you know uh, and talking about it are two completely yeah. different things so I've got some work to do but uh, I'm really excited by it all yeah so, my, so, so, so the guitar mm. is secondary to the story. Music is the story, and, and portrayal of emotion is the story, and that's the important thing: is getting that across to people. What you do it with is, is secondary. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of hang-ups. It's part of our consumerist society. Is the product, you know, that, and we 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 taught to just have that little upgrade one more will and it'll be better that'll be the answer yeah. that's what i need and it's not at all yeah. you don't need any of that shit it's it's in there's inside you is where the answer is uh, mm. always was and everyone knows it really it's just we get we con ourselves that we need this shit um yeah loudon is a wonderful guitar uh, they're three grand now four grand to get the guitar i want the PRS is a lovely guitar. It's 800, 900 quid. Really? It's 800 quid, yeah. Okay. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, you know. I'm, I'm going to play this tour on a 100 quid guitar and, and just hopefully show that you don't, you don't need to go mental to bring music into your life and, yeah. and, and move yourself, you know. So it's a tour, it's not just happening in London? It's no, I'm, gonna, I'm going on tour with it, yeah. Excellent. Next year? Yeah, spring. Fantastic. Next spring, yeah. I think we'll see you on Aaron. I'm not sure on that tour, but I think if it goes well, I'll probably carry on booking it for the rest of the year, but we'll see. I, I don't know. Um, there's a, I think I'm in the CCA in, in Glasgow in March or April. So, okay. Yeah. So that was part one of the, the interview. It was it was good talking to Nick, but as you'll hear, the, the guests were arriving, it was getting noisy, and it was time for Nick to play, so we cut it short, and he played an absolutely fantastic concert. 
he said he was under the weather, but you know, I think that's for the audience to decide. His his music, his playing, his singing was was as good as I've ever seen it, and it was fantastic. He very kindly agreed to let me video his performance, which I did. So I've got some great footage of his, his songs. And I recorded some of the audio on my Zoom H4, which I was using for the interview. So I've already published one song, which is one of my favourites of Nick's. It's the the one where he talks about his mother as a kid, going to a bell tower in a little town in France and running up there after a, a few glasses of wine with a couple of sailors and having a great time ringing that bell. And that inspired him to write the song this is the beginning. So I've already published that and it will be in the show notes for this interview. Take a look at that and listen to one of Nick's, one of my favourite songs of Nick's anyway. I hope you enjoy that and now we're going to cut to part two. But you just played a fantastic gig, Nick. I was great, really lovely. Nice connection with the people that were here. Yeah. Which is what, what it's all about, really. And we spoke about your guitar earlier, and you were talking about it really doesn't matter. Not Do you know what that guitar sounded like tonight? Yeah. It sounded like you. Right. Which is how it should be. Absolutely, that's, man. That's what I came to hear. <coughs> and, uh, well, I'm glad, I'm glad you thought that. <coughs> it really doesn't matter. Yeah. You've got banjo tuners on the back. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And you use that a lot for. Yeah. Quick change during songs. Yeah, it's it's been a bit temperamental. The, these ones, they're the shallow copy ones, which are they're not as quite as sturdy as the Keith pegs uh, from America. They're a bit cheaper, but they're not quite as reliable. But um, it does. The, they do the job. Um, PRS put them on there for oh, me. Yeah. Okay, that's going to be my next question. Yeah, right. they've done a few a few little minor modifications to the nut and the and the saddle just to for the for your string big gauge. strings, yeah. yeah, and the action of course. Um, but other than that, it's pretty standard. Uh, the pickup standard, you know, the the, the woods are standard. The, so just a regular under saddle transducer? Or? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a, a mic in the body as well. Mm-hmm. It's like a fisherman thing. I can't remember, rare earth, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the other, the, the thing I got in the Loudon is a, like a Frankenstein kind of thing. Um, I think it's got a, is it a bags? I think it's a bags under saddle. Then there's an iMix, is the preamp. No, it's not a Bags, it's a, it, it is a Fishman. An old Fishman, not a Rare Earth before that. The bass version. They did a bass and a non-bass version. That's under saddle. Then the preamp and blender is from an iMix system, which is a really good little preamp, but I didn't like the pickups. Mm. And then the LR Bags um, M1 is the sound hole. Oh, magnetic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a blend between the two. But this has got a mic and it's, it's like 95% pizza and then a 5% of the mic just to give it that bit of air on top. And are you wired? Is it just a single mono cable coming out or are you splitting it? 
Um, it's it's blended in guitar and then comes out on a yeah unbalanced track right. through the wireless and the what but the wireless has got a little preamp in it too, which is pretty nice. Um, I I actually can't tell the difference between that and a cable, uh, and I have AB'd it and. I mean, there is a difference, but it's minimal. It's really like not worth worrying about. Once you've used a different PA, yeah. the next night, it's the difference is like which way is it better or worse, yeah. or you know, it's just different. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I'm very impressed by those Line Six things. Their wireless stuff is just amazing, and they um, they just give you that freedom. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just feels so much freer with that. I have the same one. And what I love about it is you can do the A-B thing, so you can have two yeah. outputs for separate yeah. guitars. Exactly. Which is brilliant. Isn't it? Two guitars. And, and you, I've got different preamp settings, so I've got like a, a two, 2 dB boost uh, on, on the setting. So if I do some single note stuff, I can just give it that little lift, yeah. you know. Obviously, you want to try and do that dynamically with the playing if you can, yeah. but sometimes when you when you're thumping away in with some rhythm part and then it goes to a, a single note, it can be quite a, a jump down, you know? Because yeah. I don't use compressors or anything or limiters, so. So a little, just a little tap on that and you're, you're up to gig volume again with single note stuff yeah. and it doesn't lose the, the oomph, you know? Yeah, I use that for bluegrass solos. Right. When you've got another guitar doing rhythm yeah, and yeah. fiddles going. Yeah. The guitar just gets lost if you're yeah. doing solos. And what's that fancy box of tricks there? What the? Uh, that's just that's not that fancy actually. Well, the fancy bit's the iPad. The iPad ah, mini. so that's an iPad dock. Yes. Right. Got well, it. it's um, it's made by Focus, right? Um, it's a hundred quid. Right. It's not a. It's not a. Well, it is high tech, but it's not an expensive bit of kit really. Um, the iPad's the expensive bit, yeah. Um, and it just slots in and it talks. The preamps are really good in it, I think. Um, and the software's amazing. I use Aurea, um, which is totally pro software, like as yeah. good as anything. You could make an album with it, no problem whatsoever. The sound quality is just amazing. The capabilities are pretty, pretty comprehensive. Um, and that's thirty-five quid. Right. You know, it's just nuts. <laughs> I mean, the delays and the reverbs I'm using are like 15, 20 quid a pop. Yeah. Which is nothing as far as I'm concerned. But when you compare it to 35 quid for the actual whole mixing yeah. environment, it, they're, they're, I suppose in you know some weird universe, you'd say that they were not good value for money because they're 20 quid each. But <laughs> Have you ever you looked know, at the UAD stuff? Universal uh, yes, that's expensive stuff. Yeah, I can't afford that kind of yeah. stuff really. So what you're talking about there is much more affordable. Absolutely. But um, the freedom that gives you, I watch you up there. You've got that little box with the four buttons. Yeah. Bluetooth, I take it. Yeah. And the freedom that gives you to shape your sound, the simplicity. Yeah. It's just remarkable. And the other thing is, it all goes in the guitar case. Yeah. So you can do the gig on the train. You know. So years ago that would have been racks. Absolutely, I've got them, I've still got them at home. Yeah. And, you know, to be fair, the capabilities of them are more extensive, you can, but you have to get into 
programming a patch for each song. Right. Um, and then you have to write a set. Yeah. And then you have to put each patch to each song. And you can't really deviate from the set. You could jump a patch if you want to miss a song out. Yeah. But it gets, it gets then into a labyrinth of planning and there's no spontaneity about the show. It's not, and it becomes less of an inclusive event then for me because I'm, I'm thinking about well, your gigs, I find the plan. Always very inclusive. Exactly. It beca- if, you, if you're going to put on a show like that, which I will be doing next year because it will be a set of songs and they mm. will need to be thought about each song individually and I probably will use a bigger setup. Um, but in this kind of gig where it's an informal gathering, you, the last thing I want that to be is a spectacle, them and us, where they you know, view you from afar and you do your show and that's what they get. Yeah. You know, what you want is to be in a room and share emotions and feelings with people and have the opportunity to jump off at any point and go for something else. You know, that, that is a real live event to me. Uh, not that the other way isn't a real live event, it's just that that's... It just seems more relaxed and informal and real and kind of, you know... You can contact people more easily when there isn't the pressure of a script you have to stick to, you know. Well, you do that better than anyone I go and see. <laughs> There are few yeah. people I've gone to see as often as I go and see you. Well, you need to get out. Because I always feel an emotional connection. And I always go home thinking, I'm going to go and Great. write or play or Fantastic. I'm going to do something. Brilliant, know? man. That's it. That's, 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 all. that's the best compliment, isn't it? Mm. That, that's, that's the compliment you want to get. That, you know, oh, that was great. You know, the worst thing I hear is when they come up and say, that's it, I'm chucking my guitar away. You know, oh, no. You know, um, it, and I know they're only half joke. You know, they're not really going to do that. But the, the the what they're saying is that they could never do that, so they that they'll give up. You know, that's, that's the gist of that. it. No, weird. exactly. Um, they are the, them, and they've got their emotions and and feelings to to express. You know, and and, and um, the best compliment of all is when someone comes up and says, "I I really enjoyed that. I'm going to go home and write something tomorrow. You know, tonight. You know, yeah. myself." And and you just think, "Yes, that's job. That, that is exactly why I'm on this planet to <laughs> inspire people to to get into music." And and you do, yeah. you do. It was interesting during your your show. You talked about your heritage. You know, growing up mm. around musicians and mm. how it's like two years ago. You would never have thought the same way that you feel now about that heritage. Mm. I found that fascinating and I'm really excited to see what comes of that. Yeah. In the forthcoming shows. I think... I think that's come really from... Well, from getting old, older um, anyway and sort of looking back and seeing what happened and where it all started and all that stuff that you do when you get yeah. a bit older. But... It probably has filtered through slowly since Bert died, really. Right. Um, who, I had more contact with him than any of the others of, of the, you know, family, friends or whatever. Um, if we're talking about the, those guys in the 60s, you know, the, the guitar guys, who, who were the, 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 the centre of the guitar revolution. Um, uh, 
and, and, and uh, you know, during down the years, on and off, I had I had contact with him, and he was always a figure in in my life, one way or another. Uh, and he was he was an amazing guy. He was a lovely person, very humble, and you know, very down to earth, and normal, uh, and an amazing amazing innovator really on the guitar. He, he did things. Um, he went places where no one else had been um, and very creative, great player. You know, not, a tech, not as technically as gifted as, as like John Remborn maybe, um, but the real, you know, soul of a, of a kind of an intercontinental navigator, you know. Yeah. Um, and, um, and he was there, he was, he was there when I was born, you know, he was, he was... He was part of the family. Well, so he's the reason I bought a guitar. <coughs> yeah, ninety-two when right. I showed acoustic roots. Yeah. For the first oh time. yeah, great. Yeah. I just caught that by chance, flicking yeah. the telly. Mm. Um, yeah. I watched Wes Jones playing Angie, and then Bert came on, and I was just awestruck. Yeah. You know, I went out to Glasgow and bought my first guitar. Excellent. And ever since then, I've been I've been a big fan of Bert. Mm. Never met him. Saw him play once. In yeah. The yeah. But yeah, what a player. Mm. And at the end of that documentary, you got to see him sit down with Brownie McGee. Yeah. In the States. That yeah. was his hero. Yeah, um, exactly. There was an emotional connection. It really there. Was. It was. It was wonderful to see. All men matter, but none too much. Yeah. And two wrongs make a right, as long as you make them at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Brownie McGee said when it was the last. That was the last line in that documentary. Right. As they were walking away, he was sh- he shouted out the window, "All men matter, but none too much." Like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, in a way, you're a tired man. You've played a, a great set tonight, so I will let you go in. No, you're fine. Get yourself a wee glass, and I'll say thank you for your time tonight. No problem, Cam's Brilliant. Really nice to see music. you. Yeah. Well, I, you know, as as you're well aware, I'll be forever in your debt. <laughs> for uh, you, you're a you're thirteener. Yeah, and uh, for the listeners, Nick came over to Aaron and borrowed one of my guitars <laughs> for a show. And that was that was a special moment for me. I did send it to Heiner. He was still around at the time. Oh yeah. I sent him a photo of you. And he was, oh, okay. was Quite taken. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I had the right centre. The gig was fine. Yeah. You know, and I'd never played the guitar before, yeah. and the guitar had never been strung like that before. No, and it, and, it, and it survived. It was it was amazing, and it was a real leap of faith for you to let me do that to it. So, yeah, I'm forever grateful for that. <laughs> it's moment. my pleasure. It was uh, it was great. Very um, um, open spirited of you well Nick Carper thank you very much for your time and for your music pleasure I'll see you again next time cheers Cam so thanks to Nick again for letting me sit down and agreeing to have a wee chat with me it was it was a dream come true for me I mean they say don't meet your heroes but (laughs) that's a load of rubbish in my opinion if you can meet your heroes and talk to them, I think you should take every opportunity to do that. 
And as I said earlier, the concert was superb. I really enjoyed it and it was well worth going. House concerts, folks, you just can't beat them. If Nick comes through uh, Glasgow again, I will, of course, try and get to see that. He talked about coming over with his his, uh, his concert that he's doing the tour about the Bert Jansh kind of thing, about the people who would come round to his dad's house when Nick was a kid. So there's a lot of people like Bert Jansh, John Renborn, Davy Graham, I would suppose, uh, Jimmy Page, you know, Dave Gilmer perhaps even, who knows. Those were the kind of circles that Nick ran in, so I mean, how could you, you be in those circles and, and not come away with, with a passion for music? And Nick certainly have, has that. Now he spoke about his guitar, it's a PRS Angelus A440E, for all you guitar geeks out there that want to see what the exact model is. It was very interesting to me to hear how it didn't really make a difference to how Nick sounded. It sounded like Nick, and that's what I went to see. So, you know, he did have something valid to say about that. I'm a guitar geek, and I do tend to be one of those guys who spends a little more than I ought to on guitars that I can't really afford. You've all heard of gear acquisition syndrome, right? It's kind of like that, but I mean, I love my guitars. I don't make a living from it like Nick does. I'm a hobbyist. If I was doing gigs like he does, I probably wouldn't take my most expensive ones, just as as he's decided not to as well. In fact, I do play gigs and I don't take my most expensive guitars. I've got one that I use, which is my Santa Cruz uh, Vintage Artist Model. That's kind of my bluegrass guitar. And then the Heiner Dreit Center, which is one that Nick spoke about, having borrowed it one time when he came to Aaron. That's that's my main sort of all-rounder gigging guitar. It's an absolute peach. It's, it's Tasmanian Blackwood back and sides and top, which is, is pretty unusual. I bought it in, I think it was 2004. Might have been 2003. I can't exactly remember. I first met Heiner Dreint Center at a guitar show in Germany. That's where Heiner's from, if you haven't guessed from his name. And he built this fantastic guitar, which he had on display at his stand, and I kept going back to try it and and was smitten. So I ended up buying that guitar, and that's been my main guitar. I think it's the one that I would grab in a fire if such a thing were ever to happen. It's a delightful guitar, and it it was fun to watch Nick play it at a concert over here on Aaron. So I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you have, please share it with your friends. Let them know that I'm doing this content because... I'm very passionate about it. I want to try and grow this channel into something great and be able to travel to more gigs and interview more players for you and more guitar builders. Share my content online. I'm on Instagram at AcousticGuitar.io. I'm also on Facebook. I've got a page there. So come and give me a like and, you know, show me some of that social media love. I would really appreciate it. And if you can get onto iTunes, I know that a lot of people always say on their podcasts, if you can get onto iTunes and review this show, give me a nice review and it helps to to push the podcast in front of people's eyeballs or their ears, probably is a better way of putting it. So if you can spare a moment or two, please go ahead and do that. You can also find me on the Steam blockchain, as I said before. That's steamit.com, S-T-E-E-M-I-T dot com slash at acoustic guitar. If you want to email me and get in touch, you can do it through any of those social medias I've just mentioned. Twitter is also going at AcousticGIO. I couldn't get AcousticGuitar.io because too many characters. So it's AcousticGIO. 
Or you can just email me, go old school, it's cams, C-A-M-S, at acousticguitar.io. I look forward to hearing from you and I will see you in the next one. Bye for now.